it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to Series 3 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the men's basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. In Season 1, we told the story God wrote of how the men in our program traded the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three, ultimately culminating in a national championship. Here's Coach Tonegal in Episode 1 talking about how pursuing God first and others second translates to any context. It's just ripe for the market. I think it's ripe for culture. Because our culture wants greatness. I am third ultimately produces greatness. I think it produces greatness inside of individuals, inside of organizations, in, inside of teams, which is the exact opposite as we've talked about the, the pull of me, which I think just distorts that greatness. This series will take listeners inside each program in IWU's athletic department, sharing how each coach is flipping the world's vision of leadership upside down, instead pursuing kingdom greatness through discipleship. The terminology in each program may be different, and the application may change. But the coaches at IWU believe pursuing God first and others second is a powerful way to live and to lead in any context. Today's episode will take listeners inside IWU Swimming. Coach Dalrymple will come on in the first half to talk about starting the program from nothing last season. In the second half, sophomore Caroline Warner will talk about her growth and the team's growth over the past two years. Then athletic director Mark DeMichael will join again in overtime. We're joined now by Coach Dalrymple of the Indiana Wesleyan Women's Swimming Program. Coach, I want to rewind a couple years ago. When you got hired here, there were no athletes, there was no program, and you had to start a culture from scratch. What was that like coming in when it was a completely blank slate? Uh, well, it was a little scary and a little bit unsure of what was going to happen because we had obviously no athletes and no anything so really to create the culture was our first step and try to get athletes to want to come and join us and it, it sounds like it's a, it's a lot different more complex in some ways than trying to reshape a culture when you're a new coach coming in how did you go about trying to create buy-in from your athletes once you were able to recruit some and you actually had a season going on but there was no history or no credibility for these athletes as they came in yeah so at the beginning we we're all learning. I mean, we still are all learning, but I mean, we had no nothing to expect and nothing to go on, and they had nothing to expect or go on. So everyone was just kind of running around trying to figure things out. But uh, one point in our season, uh, the first time we went to Olivet, and we had a terrible meet. Like we swam bad, our attitudes were bad, just all around bad weekend. So we came back. We kind of talked about it wrote a little bit about it, tried to figure out what happened there, and then kind of built off of that throughout the next couple of months. And and then we went back to all of that in the uh, spring semester, January, I think, or February. And that experience was totally different. By that time, the girls kind of had seen what was going on, kind of had a different perspective on the season, kind of had bought into what we were doing. And totally different. We had a great weekend, great swims, great attitude, a lot of fun, a lot of uh, qualifying times happened that weekend, a lot of personal bests, lifetime bests happened that weekend, and so it was really 
really just an exciting time. It's really fun as a coach when you have those markers and you can see a before and after, but it's, it's often the in-between time where the growth happens. You have to respond to failure. So what happened in between that first meet and the second time you went back to this same place? What were some of the small and large ways the team had to grow and what were you doing as coaches to lead that? So, I mean, they were working hard in the pool. They had to kind of buy into our training program. But outside of the pool, I felt like they were also growing together as a team, as teammates. They were doing things together, and we were doing some Bible studies and some prayer prayer walks and some different things of that sort just to kind of get them to know each other better on a deeper level, which hopefully they were able to do. But also just the whole um, culture and being here at Indian Wesley, and they learned how to... Um, become better students and better uh, time managers and better all-around student-athletes. When you see your team around campus, it's obvious you guys have a family atmosphere, but that can be harder to build in an individual sport like swimming. Why do you think you guys have been able to move in that direction over time in a program so new? I don't know. They, The girls really have worked hard to become good friends and teammates. But I think just spending time together and spending quality time, they do race to race against each other, but they're also racing for each other. And I think once they realize that they can celebrate each other's successes well, that's when I think we turn that corner, when they would get excited for each other as they got personal bests. And when we could celebrate girls who were getting these lifetime bests that maybe weren't national qualifiers, but they were still achieving these times, these goal times that they had set for themselves. So I think that's exciting as well. So when you start a new program like you did in the first year, when you're coming in, do you have any expectations or what were you and your staff hoping would happen in the first season in the pool? Well, I think we didn't really know what to expect on one hand. On the other hand, I mean, you have all these ideas. We looked at all the different programs around here, and they're all doing great things, which is is really neat, but it's also intimidating. Like, how do we take these different ideas and put them into our program? How do they fit with, with our program? My assistant coaches, Emily and Mark, they do a great job of bringing in all kinds of ideas and taking initiative with the girls, with whether it's one-on-one talks with them or team devotionals. They step up, and they lead in that manner. And I know you do have really high-level assistant coaches, but I'm not sure anyone expected you, first of all, to make it to nationals as you did in your first year, but then to go and finish 12th in the country in the first year. What was it like to be there competing at the national level in the first year as a program? I think it was just exciting to be there. The girls were, I mean, almost giddy when they were there, just the excitement of in the air and the the cheering and the, I mean, they made themselves shirts and signs and did all that kind of stuff because they were so excited just to be there. And then when we get there and we have all of these great swims in the pool and then all of these team bonding experiences outside of the pool, it it was just a great experience. So as you look forward as a coach and think about what could happen in the future for this program, what excites you most and what hopes do you have? I really hope that we can just continue to build on this, but I really hope that they see that us as coaches 
really love and appreciate them and that we can show that through our lives that we are, are trying to live a, a godly life at home and at work and here and at the, on the pool deck. As you reflect on your time here at Indiana Wesleyan so far, what have you found valuable about working in an environment like this? Oh, wow. This place is, I like to call it the real deal. Like there's people here who you know aren't just here and say that they're Christians or say that they love Jesus, but they really show it in their actions and the way that things are ran here and the way that people support each other and work together. It's fun that you can just be yourself and we can talk about our faith freely and that we can encourage people through prayer and through scripture and that we regularly talk about those things. So it's encouraging to me. And when we come back, we'll be hearing from one of Coach's athletes about how this has played out in their own life. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group, who is building a culture of I Am Third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG President Trent Daly. Pursuing the I Am Third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined now by Caroline Warner, sophomore on the swim team. Can you just take us through the process of coming into Indiana Wesleyan? Because you had a successful swimming career in high school, and then you came here. Maybe how you ended up here, and then what it was like adjusting. Um, glad to be here. But with coming here, first of all, I just want to point out that the Lord is the only reason that I came here because in high school I was not gonna go here I was dead set about not going to Indiana Wesleyan because I had so many hometown friends here when I was in high school I was kind of like a big fish in a small pond and then I came here and it was definitely I am a small fish in the ocean it was drastically different and it went from being fun and having a little pressure to just being not fun and a bunch of pressure. Because coming into this year also was I really wanted to focus on loving and supporting emotionally, physically, and spiritually the other girls that were going to be on this team. But comparison and pride and just doubt in myself and my abilities kind of clouded that. Like, just coming here to be a light for God, that was still most of it or part of it, but there was also the want to be better than this person. My vision of being here for the Lord was clouded by 
uh, being here because of the worldly things that I wanted. So you go through your freshman year. It's the first year in the program, and the program has a ton of success. But you had a disappointing moment during the year. What happened? Oh, yes. Okay, so (laughs) I did not make national cut, and I was kind of close to making it, which makes it even more tragic for me personally. And that caused me to be so distraught and so angry because I had worked my hardest and I did not get it. And that made me just want to quit. That made, I honestly didn't go to practice for like a week because I was so upset. And then finally, there was, again, just during this time that I was so upset, I, uh, we had a chapel, and it was Mark DeMichael, and he was talking about how our sports, what we do, is supposed to be worship for the Lord. It's not our identity. It's not our sole purpose to be on this earth, because, I mean, college and sports are such a temporary thing in our life. But God's eternal and what he wants us to do is eternal. And this swimming or basketball or football are just temporary things. And we need to use them as glorifying and worshiping the Lord. And he said that and it honestly just was like so eye-opening and convicting on myself because I had realized that I wasn't doing that. I had focused so hard on being good and trying to be other people and doubting myself to remember that this isn't all there is, that this is a time to take to worship the Lord. And I think your story is common among athletes who have been trained from a young age that sometimes their value is based on their performance. And that can get inside all of our heads and, and then when we don't succeed to the level we want to, we have a hard time finding our worth. So it sounds like God did a work in you, your heart through what Coach DeMichael said and then over the summer. So how has it been different for you this year? What's been the change? From last year to this year, it has honestly been so amazing because so much pressure has left my just my spirit, honestly, because there was so much pressure and weight on me last year to be good or God won't love me or like just realizing that God loves me because of who I am, because of who he's made me, not because of anything I've ever done, because then he wouldn't be a merciful God. He wouldn't be graceful. So how has that changed your mentality for this season? Has it, has it had an impact on the, uh, the way you've enjoyed the season? It has impacted greatly this season already. We've only been here for a month and I'm already so much better than I was last year. I am doing this to worship the Lord. I am doing this to be there for the girls on my team because they are more important than swimming. Like that's my mentality through this is yes, like do as as good as I can, but that's not important the most important thing. The most important thing is the spirit of these women. Coach talked in the first half about the growth of the team over 
year one and into this year. What have you seen as a difference from the moment you got on campus to where the team's at now? From last year to this year, well, first of all, last year, <laughs> a majority of us were new and we were a little weary towards each other. So, I mean, it's better in that we're, we know each other and we're used to each other, but also I feel like the love for each other has honestly deepened and the acceptance. Like, I am so happy and proud of our swim team, of my girls, because we accepted these freshmen very easily. And we were just like, oh, we love you. Like, we, we really tried to get that point across that we love them and that we wanted them here and that we want them to succeed at their highest abilities. And that says a lot about the team because you come off a, a surprisingly successful season in year one. And everybody's competitive saying, we want to go back to nationals. And then to welcome a new class in says a lot about where the team's at. But final thing, now that you've been at Indiana Wesleyan for two years, you alluded in the beginning about how you didn't want to come here at first. Now that you're here, what would you say to that student in high school? What have you found to be true about Indiana Wesleyan now that you're actually here? Now that I'm here, the greatest thing that I can say is just, if the Lord wants you here, then please come here because from just obeying him, he has given me a amazingly beautiful Christ-based community that I have never had before. And I have had, I've gained so much love and acceptance here also like that I have <laughs> could never imagine ever having anywhere else and the friendships that I have gotten from here I know that I'll have for a lifetime because they are Christ-centered. We're joined again by Athletic Director Mark DeMichael. In the first half, Coach Dalrymple finished by saying when she came into this athletic department, she realized the environment and the coaches up here were the real deal. Why do you think she said that? Well, hopefully because it's true. I, I believe it is. Um, and I, I think it's a, a reflection on the hearts of our coaches, the, the culture they've worked so hard to allow the Lord to, to build in this department in that they are all mission-driven first. Um, it's a calling, and the calling and the, the role of head coach and coach in intercollegiate athletics is the tool that they've allowed now opened up themselves up to allow the Lord to use them for the true calling, and that's that's the mission. And that's what we've been talking about is making discipleship the driver of our programs. And it's it's fun to hear the different stories of, of the different programs. But you talk a lot about these pillars in our program and, and the, the unity piece in particular. And we've talked the last several episodes about these intentional shared experiences. Today I want to talk about one of those intentional shared experiences and the staff retreats that we go on. What are the staff retreats and how have they helped build unity within our department? Yeah, they're a critical piece and and you know, athletics in the world in general, but in our world in their class intercollegiate athletics were notorious for turf wars and silos and it's such a competitive field and coaches are so competitive and coaches are so passionate about their sport and so competitive in their sport. It's just natural to then be 
narrow-minded in that sport and in that role to the point where you live in your own world. And not only do you not notice anyone else outside of your world, but anyone else outside of your world is viewed as a threat. And boy, that's not how God's kingdom is supposed to be. So if we are going to be the department that we feel God has called us to be and going to build ourselves truly on these three pillars that the Lord has given us to be the foundation of who we are, then the greatest role models and the people in the front lines of that are our head coaches. So developing a head coaching family, a coaching staff that view each other as fellow disciples, um, disciples of God's word and student athletes, and not as a threat to what I'm trying to do in my program. We have no chance of this mission happening and the Holy Spirit doing the work in this department if that piece is not in place. So the staff retreats, as I look back, have been some of the most critical pieces in God's work being done in this department because those times together, not just those times, but those times together, intense times together of all day, talking and praying and learning and growing and sharing with each other is what the Lord has used to break down those walls that, that our nature as coaches and our, our vocation as intercollegiate coaches uh, build up in such a strong way. So when you go into a staff retreat like this, as the leader of the retreat, what are you hoping is accomplished? A lot of talk, a lot of open hearts. Again, I don't. I tend to try not to over-program it. I like. I love discussion. I love prayer time. Um, so, trying to create an opportunity. We have such. We have some incredibly talented coaches. We had the level of intelligence and uh, discernment that we have on this coaching staff is amazing. So in no way would I ever want to stifle that. I'm not smart enough um, or have enough discernment to be able to do all that on my own. So we've got this group of people that have incredible talents and abilities. Let's open it up and give everybody a chance to talk and share what God has blessed them with, and let's all learn and grow with it. So my goal going in is always to create, create an atmosphere in the retreat that opens up hearts. Everyone comes in distracted because we're all busy. So what do we do off to, at the beginning to be able to allow the Lord to clear our minds, clear our hearts, so we can be open to what He's going to do in our time together? So how do we start? What can we do to start in that way? And then create. And over the, the 11 years, it really has progressed. It's been really rewarding to me as I thought about this past year's retreat to see how really the focus has gone from at the beginning, the first few years, our focus was always on the mission and developing the mission and what who are we, identifying ourselves. And then it, then it, it went to okay, so what does this mean and how do we get ourselves to the point where we're ready to do this and make this transition from being ultra competitive coach first and I'm going to integrate faith into this where we flip that now and it's, no, this our faith is who we are. We're going to integrate the sport into that. Now, in recent years, it's been really about coaches now. It's not selling them on the mission. It's not trying to get the Lord to enable the Lord to transform their hearts to be able to do that, but now it's, an open forum, a sharing time of how do we do this better? How do we disciple more effectively with the, the, this generation of student athletes? So it's been fun to see our retreats grow and progress and evolve into this point where now the coaches just push each other and, and are hunger, hungry to hear from each other and how they're doing it. So I, I hear you use the words like atmosphere and environment. And, and I think to some of Christ's words about how people will know 
we're Christians by the way we love each other and the unity we have. And there's even talk about God's blessing in there. It's almost like you're creating the conditions for God to show up and speak in some unique way. So what connection does that have to the success that's been had here at Indiana Wesleyan in athletics? I think there's a direct connection. I think, um, I believe we, we are able to use our gifts and abilities that the Lord has given us to our maximum when we are able to have a freedom and a joy in using those gifts. And that freedom and joy only comes from those gifts being 100% committed to God's glory. And when you're surrounded by people who continually invest in you and love you enough to want to help you in that journey, because it, it, you don't make that decision once and then you're done. I mean, it is a constant battle because Satan will come after you when you experience that freedom because you're a threat. And it's very easy to come after us in this world of intercollegiate athletics. There's so many strategies that Satan has to break us down and to start turning inward on ourselves and our ego and our competitiveness to get in the way of the freedom and joy that comes from playing for the Lord. So when you have colleagues that are in that mission the same and love you and will encourage you, strengthen you, um, meet with you, and also hold you accountable to that, um, you can't help but perform, use those abilities at a high level, which in turn makes it fun because the bonus is a lot of times you end up on the, the right side of the scoreboard, which is the bonus. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask iWoo Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWooHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.